Welcome to Kids Gone Global, a community podcast brought to you by the International School of Hamburg, Germany's pioneer institution in international education. I'm Sarah Reich, your host and the school's director of community relations. In this series, we explore how this international school helps the students hone their skills to become global citizens who can thrive and engage fully in our interconnected and ever-changing world. So what are these 21st century life skills? Together, we will explore the dynamic landscape of education and uncover how schools are adapting to prepare students for a global society. I have the privilege of engaging in conversations with students and experts in the field of international education and childcare. Through these dialogues, we aim to expand our understanding of educational practices in a globalized world. Welcome and enjoy the show. Over the past two decades, data analytics have reshaped our society, offering new insights and smart tools to all parts of the economy. The education sector is no exception. In today's episode, we delve into data-driven teaching and learning. How do teachers in schools use data analytics to support learning? Here to discuss this topic with me today is Tracy Rabbits, the early years and junior school assistant principal at the International School of Hamburg. With a lifelong dedication to teaching, Tracy is at the forefront of this field, coaching teachers in adopting new data-driven approaches to their work. Welcome, Tracy, and thank you for coming in to share your expertise with us today. Thank you, Sarah. Can you tell us about your background as an educator and what led you to your interest in tapping the power of data for teaching purposes? Absolutely. So I started my journey in education in England, where I trained to become a primary school teacher. I was lucky enough to attend the university, um, Basbar University, where I gained my teaching degree. And after studying and gaining my degree, I was able to start my teaching career in England. And I became inspired working with young children. I learned the importance of being a teacher, the important role that you play as that teacher, and particularly how much trust parents actually put into you. So I joined the ISH team in 2001, and I initially worked in the Early Years Centre. And gradually, I've taken on other roles of responsibility. So in 2016, I was able to become the Early Years Coordinator for a few years. And then in 2019, I was promoted into being the Early Years Junior School Assistant Principal, which is a role that I currently hold to this day. As I was becoming more involved with these various roles, it became really clear to me that assessing student learning is absolutely integral and is a very important part of teaching children effectively. If you do not know what skill level or understanding a child has in a particular subject, then it's really hard to be able to help students to be able to get better, to be able to progress in their learning. So. I started to delve more deeper into this area of student learning, into data analysis. I started exploring current research projects and processes that helped me to gain a greater understanding about why is it that analyzing student data actually helps to improve student learning. Can you define data-driven learning for us? Sure. In the early years junior school, one of our highest priorities is to ensure students not only reach their potential, but to exceed it. So our teachers 
provide targeted instruction that helps to scaffold the learning. So it helps to build one set of learning skills or knowledge and understanding on top of another. And by analyzing student data, we can provide tasks that are more challenging and that suit specific individual needs of our students. So our teachers support students by setting learning experiences that help to maximize cognitive growth. We talk about students being in the zone of proximal development. So we want to be teaching students at a level where it's just slightly too hard for them, that they need a little bit of support with their learning in order to be successful, but not that it's too hard that children can't reach or understand what they're trying to learn. So we want them just to be in that little bit of stretchy zone where they need a bit of support to be able to be successful. And understanding that the value of regular and timely feedback is also a process that we value highly. And that's connected with data analysis. When you analyze data, you start to be able to see where students need to go. So that gives you some vital feedback that you can share with those students. We also want to make sure those, that feedback is given to the students as soon as possible, because then the feedback becomes more relevant and more effective. The students then have clear understanding of what their expectations are, and then therefore they become more motivated with their learning as well. We also want to nurture inquiring minds and critical thinkers. And by regularly analyzing data, it helps us to notice patterns in learning and to adapt our teaching practices as necessary. So our early years and junior school classroom teachers are continually reflecting upon data that they have in their classrooms and from multiple sources of data so that they can set goals that provide that challenge and allows children and students to have growth in their learning. So the inclusion of a variety of resources, either from visual cards or hands-on manipulatives, is strategically planned. It's not an accident. It's actually planned with strategy in mind so that it allows all students to access the curriculum. And through data analysis, we can provide high-quality teaching and promoting continual growth in student learning to make sure that we are the best school that we can be. Has this changed or is this changing the nature of teaching in general? Assessing student learning and therefore analysing data has always been an integral part of teaching and learning in the classroom. So in order to understand what students know and what they need to learn, what they need to know, teachers need to be implementing regular formative and summative forms of assessment continually. So this concept is not new. This concept of having assessment is not new. However, to ensure that the data and the assessment is current and up to date, here in the early years junior school at ISH, we've recently implemented the data-wise process of analyzing student data, and that originates from Harvard University. This process is one that follows an eight-step process where there are regular sets of student data that's analyzed as either a grade level or a department, and then areas of growth are identified within the grade level or department. Then from this data, there is one student learning goal that is set, 
that focuses upon what we want the students to be demonstrating after a six-week process. So we then take six weeks where we implement regular specific teaching strategies that are integrated into the school day throughout the week. So it could be that three times a week for 20 minutes, we are specifically targeting our specified grade level or department learning skill for the students. So one example recently after analyzing a foundation's end of unit test, that's a phonics program we use here in the junior school, we recognized that our grade two students were finding the concept of alphabetical order quite a challenge. So the grade team, grade two team set a goal for students to be able to demonstrate an understanding of how students can order a set of 10 words alphabetically. So we made a very specific learning objective. And then over the next six weeks, we implemented a variety of teaching strategies from playing an exit game as students would leave the classroom at the end of the day, or maybe we implemented a timed group game. So we put the students into groups of three or four and we'd set the target who could be the first group to order a set of 10 words alphabetically. And all of these strategies we regularly implemented with many more so that at the end of the six-week period, we implemented another assessment, which specifically assessed the goal to see how successful our students had been. And we noticed at the end of this six-week period that over 85% of students were then able to successfully order a set of 12 words alphabetically, which was a great achievement. So this helps you to identify really quite precisely the particular barriers on each student's learning path, right? Exactly. It makes it very specific. So by analysing the student data, we can identify students who are not making the progress that we would be expecting or We could also target students who require extension for them to be even exceeding their potential. So the teaching is then targeted specifically towards each individual student's needs in any given area. Data analysis then helps us to also examine our own teaching instructional practices as well. So if there are many students in a class who don't achieve the learning objective in an assessment, then we as teachers can start considering our teaching strategies and adapting or changing them to help sure that all students have access to that curriculum and to those learning experiences. We also may want to change the group dynamics. So sometimes they work together in a turn and talk situation with pairs, with friends, or sometimes they might prefer to work in a small group setting. And then that's not always that a student is working independently on an activity. So the actual group dynamics can help as well to support the student learning. And also by analyzing data, it helps us to improve our lesson plans and to ensure that our lessons are differentiated to meet the needs of all of the individual students in the class. So again, for example, our English language learners, they may need to have more visual cues They're not at a level where they can necessarily understand exactly what we are saying in English. Having something visually available for them can support their learning and they can have some guidance and understanding of what the learning of that lesson should be. 
Um, analyzing data has also the positive effect of improving our lesson plans after analyzing that set of data. The grade level department can set some targeting learning goals that focus upon improving the learning in a specific subject area. Could you give us an example of this process in practice? Yes, I certainly can. Last year, we had a group of students and we have twice a year where we implement a standardized assessment tool for our grades two to five students. This assessment is called map testing. It's from the NWEA Association. And it helps to provide us with very detailed and up-to-date data that can be very easily understood. So the test is separated into three different learning categories, language, mathematics, and reading. And it helps to show the strengths that children have in these different areas and categories. The standardized test also helps us to decipher the areas of growth that children can be having in their learning as well. And it helps us to build the bridges between those gaps in their learning. Something that's very positive about this assessment is that many international schools use this assessment tool. And so that helps to make easy cross-reference to other norms of other international schools as well. And when we used this data, we had our grade two cohort and from the first source of map data that we collated in our first semester, we noticed that as a grade level, the area of reading and specifically concepts of print was a potential area for growth. The data confirmed that our students were showing a lower than average performance in this area of reading. So we met as a team, we included many of our experts here in the junior school of ISH. So our EAL, our English as additional language teachers, our student support teaching specialists, the literacy coach, and the junior school leadership were all involved sitting together to consider ways in which we could help support the growth in student learning. We created a plan that involved targeting specific learning and teaching instruction. We incorporated a variety of strategies and it was a very coordinated approach to help students to understand this concept of print. They then took the map testing again in the second semester and the data showed our grade two students had significantly improved their skills in this area. The achievement graph showed that the growth they had made as a grade level was in the 73rd percentile, which was above the average range for this grade. And so through analyzing this data, it helped our teachers to understand the students' needs and to differentiate their teaching and learning. And so action was taken to help directly improve how the students were learning. So Tracy, if we zoom out for a moment, has data analytics revealed some general trends in students' learning that you weren't aware of before? So first, we start to think a little bit about society. And we're now living in a society where pace and change is much quicker than it was in previous times. The pace of life has become a very precious entity for all of us. No one seems to have enough time in their day to complete their daily tasks. And that's the same for children as well. So even songs we hear on the radio are much shorter than certainly when I was growing up. But I think we, we also need to remember that our children have 
almost gotten used to this pace of life. They've grown up with this understanding and they know nothing else. We as adults bring our mindset often to our daily lives and our children actually are already up to speed. That's their norm. They accept it as normal. So the other day I was listening to a song from when I was growing up as a young teenager and my teenage daughter said to me, oh, mummy, this song is so long. How did you have time to listen to these songs? I haven't got time to listen to all of this. It's so slow. And this comment made me really sit back and reflect a little bit and realize how important it is for us as teachers to acknowledge that the children we teach may feel this sense of time pressure and fast life and that we need to incorporate and accommodate this mindset into our classroom. Also, the choices we have are far greater nowadays, whereas in the past, when we needed to buy, for instance, a pair of new shoes, we went to the local shoe shop, we would look at the rack of shoes, and we would need to choose a pair of shoes from the three or four options that were there on the shelf. But now we can go online, there's an infinite amount of choice of what shoes we can buy, ranging from the color we would like our shoes to be or what design they take. The choice is infinite. So the trends also in our life of online shopping as one example, and the impact of advertising or inclusion of social media, all of these aspects of life greatly influence daily routines and how we live. And that's the same for our children as well. Our children are required to think critically. They need to be problem solvers, investigators, innovative thinkers, and they need also to be creative. These are all skills that we need to be teaching the students that we have in the classroom. And by analyzing data, we can make that correlation. We can see where students are in those different areas and those skills and knowledge and understanding. So bringing it full circle, the jobs that the students we are currently teaching in the junior school may have, when they finish school, probably not even created yet those jobs. So the knowledge, the skills and understanding that we as teachers are teaching need to reflect this context. Are learning expectations of teachers changing? given that they now can use these new data tools to support tailored learning paths for each student? So by analysing the student data, this helps us to work on making sure that we're producing high quality teaching and learning that's happening in the classroom. So we always make that a priority here in the junior school and early years at ISH. And a teacher can help students more easily understand the purpose of each lesson if the lessons are targeted towards reaching the set goal that's been created by our grade level or our departments. And we do that following our data-wise analysis process. We believe all students have the capacity to grow and make progress, regardless of what their current ability skill levels are. And this is done by creating a safe, supportive and appropriately challenging classroom. And this is a trend that's certainly happening in, in our school. The data analysis process allows teachers to provide purposeful learning experiences which inspire inquiry and agency. So the students need to be active participants in their own learning. They need to have that voice and choice over what and how they're learning. 
we want students to be asking questions, not to be just passively sitting and listening to the teacher talking and trying to teach. They need to be investigating so that they actually find the solutions and the answers to problems that they encounter in the classroom. And they can then use this in their lives after school as well. So by having opportunities for students to develop a growth mindset almost, encourages students to view mistakes as opportunities for feedback. And that's certainly a trend that we're seeing in the classroom now, that the growth mindset helps students to learn that with sustained effort and not fearing making mistakes, that they can achieve anything and everything. So with this more precise understanding and real-time observation of learners' paths, how can parents support or get involved? Working collaboratively with parents is something that we really greatly value here in the early years and junior school at ISH. So we know as educators that parents play a crucial role in supporting the learning of their child. At the start of the academic year, we invite all parents to meet with the child's teacher for what we call a hopes and dreams conversation. So this is a chance where parents can share with the teacher what they think their child's teacher needs to know about their child. So that's their opportunity to give information to us. Traditionally, it's always in the past been that teachers are the ones giving information to the parents. But from our side, we value very much, particularly at the start of the year, to gain some understanding of how students are at home and what do their parents actually, what are their dreams for their children? What are their hopes? What do they want for this current academic year for their child? So it's a chance for parents to share with the teacher what they think the teacher needs to know. So strengths, areas of growth, any concerns or worries that they have, and also children's interests and fears from their perspective. And sometimes I think parents can be slightly fearful about sharing what makes their child unhappy or fearful. But for us, it can be really valuable to know that a child doesn't like lightning or doesn't like spiders, because when that happens during the school day, and it does, we need to be aware as a teacher to go and help support that child because the spider is there and that can affect how they're ready for learning that day. These conferences create a great opportunity for classroom teachers to build that positive relationship with parents. And that's something that, again, is crucial to help ensure that children learn to the best of their ability, that they have that positive connection between teachers and parents. So we also twice a year have a parent-teacher conference. The purpose of this conference is to clearly communicate the students' progress in school, including areas of success and growth, as well as next steps. But again, it's also about building a platform to form positive relationships between parents and teachers. To again, our main focus is to support student growth, academically, socially, and emotionally. So during these meetings, the teachers provide work samples so that they can show specific learning growth. And we also implement each year a student-led conference day. And this is a time when students are taking the lead. They're the ones who are going to be discussing and reflecting samples of their work and their learning activities that they do all of the time in the classroom with their parents. So the students get to choose beforehand what 
activities they would like to be sharing with their parents. The student identifies the strengths and the areas for improvement. And this process helps the parents to gain a clear insight into the kind of work their child is doing and offers them an opportunity to discuss this with their child as well. So again, this is an opportunity for us to communicate and show data about their child's learning and to form a data analysis that is led primarily by the students. So all of those or all of these parent-teacher events include an element of data analysis. And this allows the parents to have a more precise understanding of the child's learning path. It's important that we, as an early years junior school community, are able to reflect and understand the importance of student learning. Providing a safe, clear learning environment helps both the parents and the teachers to understand students' learning and their development. So we invite you, parents, to support your child in their learning at the early stages in junior school. And together as a team, we help to ensure students not only reach their potential, but to exceed it. So data may assist teachers in wonderful ways, but will never replace parents as the vital partners in designing the best learning paths for our children. Thank you, Tracy, for such an insightful discussion on data-driven learning today. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Kids Gone Global, brought to you by the International School of Hamburg. There is a reading list available for this episode and others of this series on our website. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.